This is Bol, a small town in Chad in Central Africa, some 200 kilometers north of the capital city N'Djamena and close to Lake Chad. It's a low-key and seemingly quiet place where the brutal midday sun drives people indoors off the sandy streets. Most who live here have typically struggled to eke out a meagre existence from fishing or agriculture. But today it's become a notorious recruiting ground for members of the outlawed Boko Haram terrorist group. I'm Daniel Dickinson and in this The Lid Is On podcast from UN News, I'm in bold to talk to a young woman who was groomed against her will to become a suicide bomber, but who survived a blast which took the lives of two of her friends. Her name is Halima Yakoi Adam. She won't forget the 22nd of December 2015, the day she was supposed to carry out a suicide bomb attack. I was just 15 years old and I was tricked by my husband, who is a fisherman. I was taken to an island in Lake Chad by Boko Haram. I was trained to be a suicide bomber. Her instructions from Boko Haram were to detonate the bomb she was carrying at the weekly market with the aim of killing and maiming local people and spreading terror amongst the survivors. But the plan was thwarted by the local security forces, who detected the three teenage girls and tried to arrest them. The two other girls detonated their explosive vests, killing themselves and seriously wounding Halima Yakoyadam. She survived, but had both legs amputated below the knees. She told her story to the Deputy Secretary-General of the United Nations, Amina Mohammed, who recently visited Bol, and who was joined by the Swedish Foreign Minister, Margot Wallström. The appearance of our high-level delegation, which also included the African Union, with the attendant motorcade flashing lights and horns, didn't seem to trouble Halima Yakoi Adam, who recounted her experience in measured, almost dispassionate sentences. I stood in a large group of people as she addressed the Deputy UN Chief, dressed almost entirely in black except for a bright blue hijab she spoke calmly and clearly so tell us your story i was a 15 years girl so i was given to the man in marriage my my husband is a fisherman so we went to fish in the fishing camp well, I was uh, cheated, you know, they told me that we are going, we are going to the uh, fishing camp, but they t- uh, brought me to in uh, Bukwaram area. Mm-hmm. We have spent three days before reaching. Yeah. Uh, we spent uh, one year in uh, Krinoa. Krinoa. With the husband? Y- yes, with the husband, yes. With the husband. So yes. the husband was part of Boko Haram? Yes. Yeah. So we are not to be eating, to eat. No food. Look, the, the men had to go and to, to slaughter people, to kill people. Mm-hmm. We went to go. We tell that, that uh, they have to kill people that we never see bones. Yes. They went, men went uh, in the bush and they came before after two days after three days of uh, absence. 
Sometimes we are bombed in by area, area bombing. By the, by the army, yes. Mm. My husband went to see their Emir, Emir of Boko Haram, mm. and he asked him to send me as bomb, uh, you know, bombing mm. were woman. There, yes. Were there other women there as well? There are three, three of them. Three women. women. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So I was told by the Marabou, the, the Emir, that it is my turn, you know, to go to bombing. Mm -hmm. I refuse to go. And when I refuse to go, he want to train me in the Marabu, the Emir. Emir. He want to try to the to the Betray me in the Emir. I have been convoked by the Emir, and Emir told me that his husband gave you authorization to go. To go to Bombay. Where we are going to, we are supposed to go. They told me that they don't know the destination, unknown destination. We are in uh, three canoes. In canoes. How many in women? Just her? We are three, uh, three women, girls. three girls, three women, and we are in the Yeah, but uh, men are numerous. When we are with the mission, the leader went back. From one island, we have been dispatched to different uh, orientation, different direction. And you went to which? Where did you go? Yeah, yeah. We came to near Bol, just on this. Near Bol, near Bol. We were sent to, to go on a mission, to go on mission in Bol. We are only three girls, but men are plenty. We stay in one island for two days. There's a one day before the you know, uh, weekly, weekly market of ball. Yeah, so I was praying. I have a bomb, but in a plastic, uh, you know, plastic bag. In a plastic bag. The two others have bumped in the traffic back. When I was praying Maghrib, the two others you know, exploded. And I spent as hospital four months in that hospital. So while you were praying, the bomb went off? Ah, you can halaga, the bomb went Yes, she was praying with the bomb. And the other two girls? They died. Oh, so what did they do? Only survivor. They were also praying with her? Uh, they have prayed already, and when it is my turn to uh, pray, they explode it. We are uh, four men and uh, three girls. Are you back with your family now? Mm. Yes. You, you must say to her that she has absolutely no, no shame in all of this. So no, she's not guilty of anything. She's an innocent, uh, innocent victim yes. of the violence of and the, the radicalization. Yes, yes. She, she doesn't have anything to uh, be ashamed of. And instead, you are uh, really uh, a courageous person, what you are doing now. Yeah. And we wish you all the best. Mm. 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 You are doing something very good. You can look up and be, be proud over what you are doing. <laughs>
What about the husband? I left him in Boko Haram, uh, but uh, in Nigeria, but I don't uh, I don't have any information of him. You're a strong woman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I asked the Deputy UN Chief Amina Mohammed for her reaction to Halima Yokoi Adam's story. Well, for me, these are many stories I've heard because this is where I come from. I come from Nigeria. Boko Haram has been with us for many years, and this is the story of, unfortunately, many girls, some that haven't survived. Uh, she was lucky to survive in prayer and that she can tell her story and that she can be one of those that advocates um, to other young people of the harm and, and the dangers of radicalism. So we are fortunate to have her, to have gone through that experience and to use her life to be a, you know, a deterrent, a source of deterrent. Do you think that can make a difference? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that many children don't quite understand what it is. They, they live in a culture where there's not so much that's abnormal about getting married young, uh, going off what they would see as a better life, and then suddenly find that this is about radicalism. I think over the years, uh, particularly the last couple of years, there's more awareness, particularly of the, uh, vo the bombing that happens, the suicide bombing. Um, but there's nothing more powerful than a victim who tells her story, and, and she's a survivor. So she's moved from victim to survivor because she's making of her life something that's courageous. She's not giving up on it and she's sharing. So, uh, yeah, she's a hero. And that's cause for optimism? Absolutely, not optimism, hope. Hope that we will see an end to this. Terrorists are not born. Uh, there was a reason for this. And, and hopefully we will go back to addressing those root causes, that this may never happen again, that we may learn the lessons of exclusion um, and, uh, and, and make sure that everyone gets an education. Not just the girls and boys, everyone, even the adults. Halima Yakoi Adam now works in a centre in Bol, which is supported by the UN Population Fund, or UNFPA. She's been trained as a paralegal officer and uses that knowledge to alert other young women to the dangers of radicalization and to tell them about their basic human rights. I talk to pregnant mothers about the importance of prenatal visits. And I use these interactions to discuss other issues like extremism and radicalization. I'm grateful for the support of the local organizations during my recuperation from the bombing. So now I'm happy to give back to my community. Over the last decade, Boko Haram, the terrorist group which tried to turn Halima Yakoi Adam into a suicide bomber, has mounted an insurgency in northeast Nigeria and the neighboring countries of Cameroon, Chad and Niger. Its chief aim is to create an Islamic state in the north of Nigeria. Its campaign of terror has caused the displacement of some 10 million people as of 2017. Its insurrection has led to the widespread destruction of basic infrastructure, such as health and educational facilities, as well as agricultural land and machinery. Military coordination between the affected countries, including through the Multinational Joint Task Force, has led to what the UN described last year as encouraging progress in the fight against Boko Haram. But to compensate for this apparent setback, the group has changed its tactics, increasing the use of suicide bomb attacks. In June and July 2017, the United Nations recorded some 130 attacks attributed to Boko Haram, which led to the deaths of 284 civilians in the four affected countries. Although the incidence of suicide bombing appears to be increasing in Chad, 
it's a relatively new development for women to be involved. That's according to Clarice Mehudamaji Naila from Siliaf, a Chadian association of women leaders. The radicalization of women is not a big problem in Chad, but it's a phenomenon to which more women are exposed. Chad has borders with many countries which have suffered a lot of insecurity. So it's easy for fundamentalist views to spread, and women are affected like men. But she says action can and is being taken to counter the spread of extremism in Chad. Efforts are being made. The government is making a big effort to fight the extremists and terrorism. Meanwhile, non-governmental organizations in Chad are trying to educate and sensitize women about the dangers of extremism. Chad remains one of the poorest countries in the world, and many people like Halima Yokoi, Adam's fisherman husband, struggle to make a living. Most people don't have enough to eat, illiteracy is high, and access to health services low. And the dual effect of insecurity, triggered by Boko Haram, and the environmental degradation caused by climate change is further exacerbating poverty. Fishing has traditionally sustained communities in the Lake Chad region, supporting nearly 30 million people living in Chad, but also neighbouring Cameroon, Nigeria and Niger. However, the once huge lake, which covered 250,000 square kilometres, has shrunk to one-tenth of its original size, largely due to unsustainable water management and climate change. Falmata Umbo Ali paddles her battered wooden canoe to the shore of a narrow expanse of water close to Bol Town. Forty years ago, Bol was a lakeside town, but the water has receded so much that today she fishes a shallow branch of the lake which has yet to dry up. The 50-year-old mother of 11 says these days she struggles to get by. I have a lot of problems. My canoe leaks. It is unstable, so I can't go far because I'm worried that it will capsize. I need more nets. She showed me her catch today of perhaps 50 fish, a decent haul given she cast her nets just five hours earlier but she needs more to feed her 11 children. A project supported by the UN Development Programme, or UNDP, is providing nets to Falmata Mbo Ali and other women. It's perhaps a small step, but one which UNDP's Jean de Dieu Jasnan Jerabai says can make a difference. Before this UNDP project, there was already a level of instability in the region. So, even though the support we provide is small, it is important. Families are separated, agricultural production is falling, it's difficult for fisher people. Cross-border trade is difficult, the rains are failing, the desert is encroaching, people are faced with an economic crisis. With such an uncertain future, Jean de Dieu Jasnan Jerabai says it's not surprising that some people are giving up hope and turning to extremist groups to provide meaning and a more stable future. Instability can lead to many negative things, including radicalization. A person who can't find enough to eat, a person who feels wronged or disenfranchised, can become radicalized. 
if that person experiences a different reality than trying to better himself with the support of aid or encouragement to engage in entrepreneurial activities, then, yes, he can become radicalized. Back at the community centre in Bol, the delegation of senior UN officials and the Swedish foreign minister has moved on. I stay behind, wanting to know more about how some end up turning themselves into human bombs in the service of terrorism. Halima Yokoi Adam prepares to meet a group of young women to talk about the dangers of extremist organisations like Boko Haram, believing that turning at least one young woman away from radicalisation is a job well done. I'm Daniel Dickinson and this has been a fleeting visit to this small and troubled town in the heart of Africa. Despite the grinding poverty, the environmental degradation and the presence, although largely hidden, of extremists, I have seen hope and a desire to stand up to extremism and the radicalisation of the young people of Chad. You've been listening to the Lid Is On podcast from UN News. This is Daniel Dickinson. Thank you.